Good evening, everyone, and welcome to Fired Up, the hottest sports show in Central Ohio. The show where four sports fans talk sports for the fans. Our topics for this evening are Mahomes Kelsey versus Curry Thompson on the golf course. NASCAR is taken to the streets of Chicago. The Boston Celtics add a big man to their starting lineup. Chris Paul headed back to the West. The NBA draft came and went, analyzing who won and lost on the NBA's special night. With that, I give you our assistant chief for our fire brigade, Colton Cow. Thanks, Matt. We're here again on another Thursday, you know, beautiful day here in uh, Delaware, Ohio. Uh, real quick before we, uh, you know, jump into jump into things, we're going to pay a quick tribute to our uh, to one of our sponsors, uh, Betstamp. Um, as you may or may not know, if you've our social media's um, past couple of days, we now have our own uh, sports betting promotion page where uh, you can, you know, sign up and get you get you some free money to, you know, bet on various, you know, sports books. So. Uh, check it out. The link links on our different social media, but uh, this uh, little ad here is gonna gonna tell you a little bit about it. So we'll be back in a short minute. Sports betting has rapidly risen in popularity, and I want to connect you all with an opportunity to get started or get ahead. Having multiple sportsbook accounts is the most simple way to maximize your profits, and there has never been a better time to sign up. When you visit my page, signupexpert.com slash firedup, you'll be connected to all the sportsbooks in your region, along with a review of each platform and its unique benefits. All of these sportsbooks have valuable sign-up offers for new users, and when you register through my link, you will automatically receive the top offer at each one. When you use multiple sportsbooks, you ensure that you can always access the best available odds, which is key to successful sports betting. If you want to take advantage of these benefits and support our brand, Please consider signing up for your next sportsbook at signupexpert.com slash fired up. All right, and we're back. Thanks for sticking with us. Uh, like Matt mentioned before the break, we're going to talk a little bit of golf, but uh, not the professionals we'll be talking about here. Uh, some professionals in their own uh, respective sports. Um, this year's edition of The Match is back. Uh, and actually, we got it got it on the TV here right now. They just, just teed off a number one here. Um, but... Uh, Mahomes and Kelsey, probably the the best one-two punch in in the NFL, going up against uh, Curry and Thompson. You know, Steph Curry and Clay Thompson, probably the one-two best one-two punch in in the NBA. Uh, Going to take their talents to the golf course and uh, compete it out um, uh, at Win Win Golf Club in in basically off the strip there in in uh, Las Vegas, Nevada. Um, obviously, this is the uh, you know continuing edition of of this match. Um, you know, they've had it. Pretty much every year now for you know past six seven six seven years now, um, but yeah another another year where we don't you know have a professional golfer we have just you know some amateurs some some professionals like I said in different sports that are going to be facing off against each other. Uh, Matt, what's your what's your thoughts on this? Yeah, well for for this event this is Curry and Mahomes actually both their second times that you know participating in the match. Mm-hmm. Neither of them have won, so somebody's going home a winner tonight. Right. So yeah. that, that's going to be good for one of them. You know, looking at these guys' handicaps, it, I mean, Curry seems to be far and above the best golfer in this group. He's actually got a plus-one handicap, meaning he's a better-than-scratch golfer. Mm-hmm. And he was actually one of the top high school golfers in the state of North Carolina when he was growing up. Yep. So he's been at it for a while, practicing right. his game. Mm-hmm. Uh, his teammate there, Clay Thompson, though, not quite yeah, as right. good. He's he's a 15-stroke golfer there, so right. he, I guess 15 over par, I right. guess what right. that means. Yeah. So, you know, n- not so great on his side. and. Then you got on the other side of the, the horn there. You got Kelsey, who's a who's an eleven handicap, so not much not much better than Thompson. Right. Then Mahomes is a seven point seven handicap. 
So, so you look at these teams, you know, you, you got to think Curry and Thompson with their combined, uh, what, 14 handicaps, mm-hmm. a little better than the combined 18.7 handicap of the, uh, the other two, the NFL greats there. So, mm-hmm. you know, it, it's still kind of close on paper, though, and, right. and it's just going to depend on how much one guy can really play into this because, like I said, it looks like Curry's head and goes above, but the fact they kind of got to alternate shots and, and right. do all that could kind of negate that a little bit for mm-hmm. Curry. So we'll, we'll see what happens in this thing. Yeah, obviously, uh, you know, playing in, playing in Vegas, uh, but, you know, you, you kind of hit nail on the head there. Curry, obviously, the, the best out of the out of the group, and Vegas has de- definitely taken that into into consideration, you know, based on the odds of, you know, winning this, winning this event. Um, you know, when I looked, um, it was a couple days ago, uh, Curry and Thompson were – Minus two sixty five, while Mahomes and Kelsey were plus two twenty five. As far as it, it's dropped to minus about one twenty, they were just okay. showing on okay. the screen. Okay, all right, yeah. So it's uh, you know anybody's game maybe at this at this point. Uh, you know to start it off, obviously just just teed off at number one. Um, not going to play all eighteen holes like you know a normal you know golf round would be. Only only twelve holes um, that they'll be be participating in. Obviously, whoever gets the best score on on each hole, you know. Uh, is, is the one that wins the hole and, you know, whoever wins the most holes by the end of this thing, uh, you know, we'll, we'll be, you know, going home a winner. Uh, obviously this thing is, is more for just pride's sake for these, for these guys, but, uh, ultimately it's, it's, you know, for giant, giant charity's sake, uh, this, this year, um, they're going to be benefiting, uh, the no kid hungry campaign. So all the money that they raise, all the money that's donated, all the money, you know, that is even, you know, swapped hands in this thing will all be going to, Going to the No Kid Hungry, uh, you know, charity foundation. So, um, you know, it's kind of, kind of, you know, a, a good event. You know, something to see. You know, these guys kind of outside of their own elements, and you know, get them out on, on, you know, seeing them play something that we're not used to seeing them play. Right. Uh, but for a for a good cause, um, you know, I did see that since they've kind of started this whole match thing, they've raised about thirty five million dollars for for charity. So, you know, and they've they've donated to various causes and different causes over the last, you know, the last years or whatever, um, as a result of this. Um, but like I mentioned, you know, 12, 12 holes here, but, uh, holes four, six, eight, and 12 actually are what they consider the special challenge holes. Um, so these, I believe probably are, are your par threes, I would assume. Um, just because the reason that they call them challenge holes or special challenge holes is that, if any player manages to get a hole in one on any of those, you know, four holes, um, then two million dollars will be donated to a charity that the team, you know, the team decides which charity that gets, you know, gets donated to. Um, but hole number twelve, you know, the last hole that they'll play actually carries five million dollars oh, if nice. they get a, if they get a hole in one. Um, and no matter what, some some charity of some sorts getting some money donated to it. Um, because if there's no hole, no hole in one that's made on any of those holes, then if a team sinks it about within five feet of the hole, mm-hmm. then they donate two hundred fifty thousand dollars to charity. Even further, if they don't, you know, get it within the five feet, and we don't have a hole in one, um, whichever team's shot gets closest to the green mm-hmm. donates a hundred thousand dollars to a charity of their choice. So no matter what, on all these kind of you know par threes. You know, a charity's getting you know at least a hundred thousand dollars. Just you know, just depends on which team it will be that will be donating to you know their respective charity of of choice. Um, But yeah, you know, I think I think Matt, when it comes to the actual golf, I think Matt nailed it pretty pretty solid there. You know, Curry's obviously the one that's 
going to be carrying his team. Mahomes going to be carrying his team. I think the the two wild cards and and Kelsey and Thompson are you know going to be maybe maybe could be what what you know creates this thing or makes the difference in this one. Um, you know, I think both of them are about you know about about even when it comes to you know golfing. So it'll be be interesting to see yeah which which teammate of the you know between Curry and Mahomes can can kind of help carry the load a little right. bit. I think will be kind of the kind of the difference in this one. Um, you know, obviously Vegas had. And Curry and Thompson slated pretty pretty high, but you know things are kind of you know locked up here now that we've we've teed off and um, you know getting things getting things started. Um, so we shall see. You know, ultimately um, everybody goes home uh, goes home a winner with you know all the charity money that's donated. Um, so yeah, just a, a fun event to to watch on TV and you know see some some you know famous or you know some star athletes compete in a in a sport that they're you know we're not used to seeing them you know on the on the golf course so and hole one just concluded and we're, we're tied so. all right so hole one tied tied up so moving on to the hole two so all right well moving over from the golf to the racetrack um well, i can call it a track yeah if you can even call it a track at this point um nascar competing in their first street race in NASCAR history yep. and uh, NASCAR has been around. This is their 75th season, their 75th anniversary season this year. And they're competing in their first NASCAR street race. Real and they picked fast and the furious. Yeah. Going on they, they've picked uh, Chicago, Illinois, the downtown streets of Chicago, Illinois as the first place to, to, you know, host this event or have this kind of event on it. You know, obviously NASCAR typically has what they consider their road courses, mm -hmm. but this is truly a true street race yeah. i mean it's it's you know they're not putting down you know a different track or they're not you know putting on you know different different type of track or anything like that it's, it's a pavement of the right. roads of chicago it's like if you've ever been to chicago you've been racing on these same streets yeah. so um you know nascar is gonna gonna compete in this in this one um and yeah this this sunday you know july 5 30 p.m over on nbc um roughly a 2.2 mile track with uh 12 turns in the in the uh, you know in the track set up there uh matt what's your what's your thoughts on this event you, you like it you, what, what do you think about the racers or the drivers that are in it you know who, who do you like yeah you know i think i think it's kind of cool it's it's something different it, you know it's kind of taking the monotonous you know left turn left right, turn right. left turn out, right. of, out of the deal so yeah. you know that that's kind of cool and you know i think really this is going to be anybody's game because it's new for all of them mm -hmm. it's something any of them have ever done i mean right. i know there's some road course specialists but right. this is even different than isn't, that yeah so this, this is a whole new deal. None of these guys have ever seen this track and ever raced this thing. Mm -hmm. this, this is a one, once in a lifetime one-off. So, you know, I, I think it's really anybody's, anybody's game. Mm -hmm. But, you know, so far this year in NASCAR, we've had 11 different drivers win a race. Mm -hmm. So that leaves only five playoff spots out there remaining. So right. guys who really want to have a win to, to stay in this thing are guys like Brad Kozlowski, Bubba Wallace, mm -hmm. Chase Elliott's really down there this wow. year he hasn't raced well at all mm -hmm. so he's he's really looking for a win a guy like austin dillon so yeah. you know those are some names that i, I think are going to kind of throw caution to the wind and, right. and, and really try to get a win here to, right. to solidify their their playoff spots down the line mm -hmm. here so you know i, I think it's going to make for an exciting exciting day of racing and like i said something completely different and mm -hmm. It's it's kind of cool. Uh, Chicago said you know they're going to do their basic road maintenance before this thing, so right. you know, fill in any potholes, <laughs> right. that kind of right, stuff. Right. But they said they're not really doing anything special, and yeah, you know, so it, it really is just the, the streets true, of Chicago. Yeah, right. um, 
But then after the race, if, if the, the NASCAR racers were to do any damage or anything like that, NASCAR will be responsible for, okay. for cleaning up the streets and, right. and, and turning it back into the normal <laughs> streets of right, Chicago. Right, right. So, yeah. You know, yeah. kind of a cool deal they got there with all that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, this, this, yeah, a, a neat event. And yeah, I think it's like you mentioned, anybody's game. And I think the, the betting odds kind of reflect that. You know, I looked on, looked on FanDuel uh, the other day. Uh, actually, Ironically, Chase Elliott's the, the favorite to wow. win um, at plus 500. Uh, right behind him, uh, two guys actually tied with plus 650 at Tyler Reddick and Martin Truex Jr. And then uh, right behind them, they got Kyle Larson at plus 750. And then two guys behind him at plus 900 at Kyle Busch and A.J. Allmendinger. Mm-hmm. Um, you, know, like, like, you know, like we mentioned, never had a, a true street race like this before. Obviously, some road courses where kind of gives you somewhat – somewhat of an idea but again this is you know a completely new event you know i did i did look up a stat when it comes to road courses you know last year the winners average starting pole position was about six and a half so you know if, if you want to gotta be toward the top right like if you want to take this you know road course or street course as you know kind of a you know a trend yeah you probably have to be up there towards the top and i i think even with this course it's probably even more narrow than right. A, a you know a normal road course is to say it makes sense there's no real opportunity to pass right you're really making up spots when you're going into pit lane mm-hmm. and yeah and being and, strategic and yeah yeah and just starting towards the top when it comes to qualifying i guess so yeah if, if you're looking you know for kind of a betting advantage look at you know average starting pole position for road courses last year the winners uh started about six and a half so you know anywhere inside kind of probably about that top 10 is where you want to be in this in this race but uh you know, we, we haven't really talked NASCAR. It's been, been you know, a little while since we last talked talk NASCAR. So just wanted to quickly, you know, Matt hinted at, you know, how tight it is or how tight of a race it is when it comes to the comes to the playoffs. Um, the point standings, just want to kind of run through those real, really quick. Uh, Martin Truex Jr. right now leading, leading the points with 576. Uh, then two guys tied for second in William Byron and Ross Chastain with 558 points. Um and then Christopher Bell in fourth uh, with 531 points. Uh, Kyle Busch in fifth with 528 points. Uh, Kevin Harvick, who actually is in the top 10 in points but doesn't have a win himself, um, is at 515 points. Uh, Denny Hamlin, uh, seventh with 512 points. Uh, Ryan Blaney, uh, eighth with 502 points. Kyle Larson, 475 points in ninth. And then tenth to round out the top 10, Joey Logano with 462 points. So, Everybody inside the top 10 has at least one win on the year, uh, except for, like I mentioned, Kevin Harvick's the only one in the top 10 doesn't have a win. So there is potential that he could, you know, even though he's up there towards the top in the points, could get, you know, could get bumped out if somebody, you know, wins, wins a race that hasn't, you know, hasn't won one. So, you know, he's got to, yeah, try to, try to get something or get, get a win here for, for himself. But, uh, you know, another kind of fun thing or, you know, interesting thing with this event, obviously, First time, you know, Chicago and, you know, whatnot, but you want to, you want to drink at this thing or, you know, get a, get a cold beverage. It's going to, going to cost you, um, six pack of Bush light or Michelob light or talk or Michelob ultra, uh, six pack of that will cost you $63. Uh, that's, you know, <laughs> I, I looked up some stats. That's almost five times the cost <laughs> of a 12 pack of the same beer uh, that you could buy outside right. of the, of the event. Um, and you know, you think, okay, you know, buy it in bulk. I'll be, you know, or I'll just buy a single can. I'll, you know, get off better. Yeah, probably not. Uh, 
You want to buy just a single can of, you know, either one of those beers? It's going to cost you $10.50 to buy one, uh, which, again, is about the price of a 12-pack outside of the event. So you're, you're spending for one can of beer about the price you'd pay for 12 cans right. if you went down to the gas station and bought, you know, bought the same thing. Uh, but, you know, even for those people that, you know, they don't like to drink, you know, don't drink alcohol, you know, whatever – just a bottle of water, bottle of Dasani, going to cost you three ninety five. <laughs> so you know you're you're you want a cold beverage, and I'm assuming it's going to be a you know a hot one in in Chicago, right. especially in the you know that asphalt, you know the black streets, you know of, of uh, Chicago. It's yeah, you want a cold drink, you uh, yeah, you're gonna gonna pay out for that one, gonna pay a pretty penny to to be uh, be cool and stay stay hydrated. So, uh, but should be you know. All, all, you know, said, all joking aside, I think it's going to be, you know, a, a good thing. And I think it's something, obviously, you know, NASCAR, again, still trying to capture some of that, you know, different fan base right. or, you know, capture more fan base, um, you know, here recently trying out some of these different different mm-hmm. events and, you know, different courses and going to different tracks and right. whatnot. Stadium and all that stuff. Right, yeah. right. Um, you know, racing at the L.A. Coliseum, yep. you know, to start the season or, you know, kind of as an exhibition race. Um, again, just trying to capture – you know, a, a different fan base trying to capture more people into into NASCAR, get people interested. Um, so we'll see how this, you know, how this plays out. If they, you know, they have great success, if they decide to again in Chicago, mm-hmm. or if they try, you know, try to go, you know, maybe somewhere, you know, do this somewhere else, another big city like, you know, New York City, or sure. you know, what what do they do? You know, do they, yeah, keep keep going back to Chicago, or do they, you know, try to go to go to a different location and capture you know kind of a different different geographic yeah kind of cool in new york going around the uh the big park there in new york right be, right be pretty exciting yeah obviously you know the course the way the course is in in chicago it's it's set up around a lot of the you know big landmarks mm-hmm. and you know different different parks and whatnot so uh they kind of one one of the turns or kind of one of the straightaways they kind of race along like lake michigan you can mm-hmm. see lake michigan from you know from from one of the straightaways so yeah they kind of kind of built the track around a lot of the, some of the, you know, big landmarks in Chicago right. or a lot of the big touristy spots. So it will be, will be interesting to see, you know, hopefully uh, that doesn't get the dra- the drivers distracted right. around and everything. Looking like, at the view. Right. Right. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it's going to be, going to be an exciting one, you know, a tight, a tight race that, yeah, not going to be much room for, you know, passing and, you know, things like yeah. that. So we'll see which driver is able to navigate that the best, you know, after, after Sunday and, you know, see, see who, see who comes out on top in this first, uh, you know, street race in NASCAR history. So, all right, well, we're going to take a, another quick uh, commercial break. We'll be right back. This podcast is sponsored by Podbean. Podbean is the easiest way to create your own podcast. We use Podbean to host fired up. Download the free Podbean podcast app to start, record, and publish your very own podcast in minutes. Podbean provides everything you need to run your podcast, and you can record and publish episodes directly from the app on your phone. Download the free Podbean app today. That's P-O-D-B-E-A-N. Head on over to Podbean at www.podbean.com and use the code PODCAST21 for your first 30 days of podcast hosting for free. Check it out. Okay, we're back. Uh, we're gonna talk NBA basketball the rest of the rest of the evening here, uh, starting with a couple of big trades that happened this past week. Uh, starting with the Boston Celtics, uh, you know, early exit for them in the in the NBA playoffs. You know, just short of making it back to the NBA Finals, so they thought they needed to bolster bolster their roster a little bit. So they made a made a trade. You know, a, a three team three team trade here uh, between the Boston Celtics, the Memphis Grizzlies, and 
uh, the Washington Wizards, who seem to be in the middle of all of these trades that we've talked about here recently. Um, so, like I mentioned, the Celtics, they get they get the center from the Wizards, Christophe Porzingis, and they also got the number 25 overall pick um, from this, you know, the NBA draft that we just had, you know, about a week ago, and then got also a 2024 first-round pick as well to, uh, you know, bring in, bring in Porzingis. Uh, the Grizzlies um, received point guard Marcus Smart from the Celtics, so the Celtics get rid of, you know, one of their long-tenured guys um, and send him off to Memphis. And then the, the Wizards got the number 35 pick in this year's NBA draft, uh, point guard Tyus Jones from from the Memphis Grizzlies, uh, power forward Danilo Gallinari from the Celtics, and also the center Mike Muscala from from the Celtics. Uh, Matt, what's your what's your thoughts on this trade? Um, what what do you think? You know, I, it's it's an interesting trade. It, I always think it's kind of a bad idea though to to trade a premier defender, a guy like Marcus Smart. Yeah. You know, I I think he he's he's their shutdown guy, and mm-hmm. he, he makes a lot of great plays for them. So. It's going to be interesting. A lot of guys are going to, have to step up on the defensive side, right? But I think the Celtics had to make the move to to get to get a big like Porzingis, okay? Because you know when they played Miami, they they struggled with with Miami's big there, mm-hmm. and I think that was what really hurt them. And they're going to a lot of other great bigs in the East with Joel Embiid mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. you know some of those other guys. You you got to be able to to match up with those guys, and they right. really had no size to match up with that other than Al Horford, who's mm-hmm getting up there in age and, right. and not defending like he used to. Mm-hmm. So I think it was a neat, it was a trade that needed to be done. I just, I don't love getting rid of Marcus smart for them either though. Right. I, I think it's really going to hurt their dynamic there. Right. Yeah. Like I mentioned, you know, uh, nine years, he, you know, drafted by the Celtics uh, nine years, you know, with the team was actually the longest tenured current, you know, longest tenured player, you know, on the team with, with nine seasons under his belt. Uh, you know, I think, yeah, for me, it, it, it is kind of a, a crushing blow to this to this Celtics team. I think Marcus Smart was kind of that that heart and soul, you know, kind of that hard, gritty type player that, you know, really made this Celtics team, you know, um, have kind of that nice dynamic. Obviously, when it comes to the offense, you know, Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown are your two guys that, you know, carry you somewhat offensively. Uh, but Marcus Smart was that guy that, you know, led the defense or, you know, was the anchor for, for you know, a solid uh, Celtics defense. Uh, you lose – Lose a guy like that, um, you know. I think it, yeah, it's tough to tough to replace a guy like that. That, yeah, just gives it gives it his all on, you know, uh, in in a lot of the categories that don't show up in the stat sheet, right. you know. And and anymore, yeah, defense is a lost art in the NBA anymore. You know that nobody plays defense. It's it's yeah, one of those things that, yeah, let me score as many points as I can, and right. you know, we'll we'll blow you out of the gym. But I think when it comes NBA playoff time, that's that's when you know the true defensive teams really really come out um, is is in the playoffs. Uh, so yeah, I think it is it is tough. Um, you know, I, I I will be interested to see yeah how Porzingis slots slots into this you know into this role. Obviously, going to be you know the starting big man for for the Celtics. Um, you know how he's going to kind of slot in there among you know Jason Tatum and and, and Jalen Brown. How he kind of works into that works into the offense. Obviously, you know, a big man that can shoot from the outside and, you know, um, again, getting younger at that position in, in that sense that, you know, that was, or the last several years has been Al Horford's role, right. uh, been kind of that stretch, stretch big man for them. But uh, like Matt mentioned, obviously getting up there, getting up there in age and, you know, just not, not the same player that he, that he used to be. Obviously they get, get a little bit younger at that position and, and bring in a guy and, and Kristaps Porzingis uh, that, you know, was coming off one of his best seasons with the Wizards uh, this past year where he averaged uh, about 23 points a game, 
uh, about a little over eight rebounds a game and, and two and a half two and a half assists um, while also also having um, averaging one and a half blocks a game as well so you know getting it done somewhat in the paint or you know down in the down in the post as well so as a as a defender um, I think you know this this trade or you know some of the trades that are kind of going around the league I think it's gonna it's it's kind of having that Nikola Jokic type effect where mm-hmm. you know Nikola Jokic yeah he's a big man but he does a lot more than just you know take up space right. uh, he's you know kind of a, a big man big point guard if you will that you know facilitates mm-hmm. you know somewhat so I think that is I don't know people are trying to copy that you know somewhat copy right. that that formula or copy and that you got to be able to match up with it. right they're the NBA champions right and they're right not, not expected to go anywhere anytime soon right so. so I think that you're seeing a lot of those or you know a lot of these trades that have happened recently I think you're kind of seeing that trend a lot where yeah teams are trying to get those versatile big men um that that can do more than just you know take up space in the paint that you know can shoot from the outside can you know score can pass the ball and you know whatever so I think that's you know somewhat maybe what the Celtics are, are trying to do here and and uh, you know not not just add Porzingis' scoring but his ability to you know kind of kind of move the ball around and, and be you know a guy that can facilitate as well. Um, but you know for all the all the reasons you know that that you know I don't like Boston getting rid of you know Marcus Smart. I think the Grizzlies are getting a great player, mm-hmm. um, you know a guy that that can slot in nicely and maybe give this. I mean this Memphis Grizzlies team's been kind of that kind of that thorn in your side kind of team that, you know, some of that grittiness or, you know, some of that kind of tenacity, I think that they add a player that they, you know, fits into their mold or fits into what they're looking to do. And obviously going to be a nice, you know, addition to the team, you know, obviously John Morant going to have to be, you know, sit out the first 25 games of the next season. So, you know, you get, you get a nice, you know, insurance policy and, and Marcus smart to, you know, be your starting point guard until John Morant, which I think, you know, anybody would take i think that's a, a nice addition or you know nice fill in fill in for this grizzlies team um you know and looking at it from the wizards perspective again they just continued to kind of rebuild rebuild this team kind of trade away a lot of their you know big pieces and you know whatnot uh trying to yeah rebuild and, and revamp their their lineup obviously getting rid of chris Dops and then you know traded bradley beal uh, last, you know, last week, and then, you know, we'll, we'll talk again. They're involved in another trade we'll talk about here in just a short amount of time. But, uh, you know, yeah, it, it, for me, it's just, yeah, the Wizards are continuing to kind of clean, clean house, try right. to acquire, you know, draft picks and, you know, additional draft picks and whatnot to kind of, yeah, totally revamp yeah, this start team. fresh. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, having said all of that, um, we'll then talk about, yeah, another another trade where the, you know, Wizards the Wizards right are, the center, yeah, Wizards are involved again. Um, you know, Chris Paul was involved in a couple of trades himself. Uh, you know, last week was traded from the Suns to the Wizards, you know, for Bradley Beal. Uh, well, he didn't stay, didn't stay out East or probably never even made the journey out East. Right. Um, he's, he's going, going to the, uh, you know, the Golden State Warriors. They, they add a piece here. Um, so kind of the, the trade details, the Warriors, all they're getting in the trade is just, you know, Chris Paul in this in this in this one for them. Uh then the Wizards get uh shooting guard Jordan Poole from the Warriors, uh forward Patrick Baldwin Jr. and guard Ryan Hollins, as well as a 2030 protected first round pick, as well as a 2027 second round pick. So Wizards, you know, trade one guy and get, you know, a handful of guys and some picks back. Um, Matt, what's your, what's your thoughts on this, on this trade for the Warriors? Uh, you, you like it? What do you, what do you think? Uh, you know, I, I don't mind it. Jordan Poole was kind of the, 
guy on the outside looking in this year, he, mm-hmm. he caused kind of some trouble with Draymond Green, got right. punched in the face by Draymond at one right. point, and was was kind of the, the the thing that everybody was saying was what was driving this team apart this mm-hmm. year. So I, I think he kind of had to be moved. Right. So so for the Warriors, you know, you, you got a guy like Chris Paul who's a floor general, a leader, he kind of a, a coach on and off the court. So it, it'll be interesting to see what they do with him, though. How is he going to slot in with that already guard-heavy wear? Right, so, right. you know, is he going to come off the bench? Is he going to start? Mm-hmm. It, that'll be interesting to see. But I, I think it was a trade that needed to be done. I think it was really less about the trade for Paul than it was about the future because yeah. you got Draymond, who's opted now to be a free agent, but he probably didn't want to come back if Poole was going to be on the team. So <laughs> right, right. I, I think, you know, they're clearing clearing that contract, clearing some money, and, mm-hmm. and clearing a guy that Draymond didn't want there anyway. Right. And then you also have uh, Clay Thompson coming up in the next year or so, too, that you're going to have to clear some money for, for him. Right. So right. I think I think this was less about Paul now and, and more about the future and, mm-hmm. and, and keeping the team as together as they can. Right, yeah, keeping those core guys together, absolutely. Um, you know, yeah, it's odd that, you know, you mentioned, you know, the whole Paul, the Chris Paul dynamic of, yeah, starter, not starter, you know, how it's going to look. I mean, this is a guy that's been a starter his whole career. Mm-hmm. Um, that includes uh, roughly 1,200 regular season games and almost 150 postseason games. You know, he's he's been a starter when he's healthy or when he's able to play. You know, he's he's out there as a as a starter. Right. But you know, I, I honestly think that yeah, he may seem to more of a a reserve type role, a guy mm-hmm. that comes off the bench. That you know, when Curry gets tired or you know Curry you know isn't able to you know give it give it his all out there. You know, I, I think yeah, this is a guy that yeah can come off the bench and be a real floor general for that second unit right. and really. I, I'm saying there, there's probably going to be some drop off there. Obviously, Paul is, you know, uh, just shy of 40 years old. So, you know, and gonna... he's not the shooter. Those guys are right. Either. Right. But, you know, still, I think some, you know, it's better than some guys backup point right. guards or, you know, most teams backup point guards, um, you know, having a guy, a veteran guy like that, that's been in the league as long as, you know, Chris Paul has been, um, you know, I think it from a money standpoint, this also, you know, made sense, you know, Chris Paul has $30 million left on his current contract, but it's, you know, it's, it's set to expire at the end mm-hmm. of this season. So it's kind of a one year rental, you know, one, one year rental type thing. If it doesn't work out, you know, they're only out, you know, a, a smaller chunk of money right. where, you know, Jordan pool, uh, if you remember before the season started, actually signed a, a, a Buku extension with the Warriors um, and actually has roughly four years, $140 million left on that, left on that contract. And, you know, I don't think it would be as bad of a hit to the Warriors if there wasn't a giant decline Mm -hmm. from his performance. If you remember, you know, that 2022 finals run that, you know, and and championship that the the Warriors, you know, captured, you know, Jordan Poole was kind of the catalyst or one of the, you know, key guys Mm -hmm. in that, in that run in the playoffs where they, you know, won the NBA championship. He, yeah, was kind of, kind of came out of nowhere, kind of came out of the blue and really helped, you know, spur him on to, to a championship. He signs, you know, signs a big deal and, you know, has the the whole drama before the season starts or whatever. And his stats really, really kind of fell off. Um, you know, I just, yeah, totally different, different guy, um, you know, was, was averaging about 17 points, shooting about 50% from the floor and shooting almost 40% from three, you know, last year during their, you know, playoff run. Um, but, you know, this year his, his points dropped down to like 10, 10 points a game, mm-hmm. uh, shot about 34% from the floor and only 25% from three-point land. So, yeah, just a real big drop or a big dip. And, and I think maybe 
some of that off the court drama and you know whatnot could have right. played into that could have you know uh, been been a part of you know that that whole you know drop in production you know whatnot so again for Jordan Poole it may be maybe a good thing you know right. to to get you know a fresh start obviously going to the Wizards where you know they're rebuilding their roster yeah, there's zero expectation there right. I think he'll be playing loose and free oh, yeah. he'll and, probably and have a great he'll season. definitely you know be a starter on a team yeah. that yeah has you know draft picks and rookies and you know guys that haven't proven themselves obviously. In Jordan Poole, you already know kind of what you're getting or, you know, what to kind of expect um, just because he has been in the league for, you know, a couple of years and, you know, has played some significant time for, you know, a, a team that's made some deep runs in right. the playoffs. So, you know, I think like, I think for Jordan, you know, it may be, a, you know, a good thing for him to get kind of a fresh, you know, a, a fresh start, um, you know, for for him, but, uh, you know, for his sake. So I think, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll see how, you know, how it all kind of kind of plays out. Uh, yeah, you, you mentioned the Draymond, you know, uh, free agency coming up, you know, it, it's one of those things. Yeah. How long, how long are they going to keep this core team together? Mm -hmm. I mean, these guys, yeah, are not spring chickens anymore. Right. I mean, they've been together for a long time, have made many, many deep runs into them. I mean, almost are playing full seasons or half seasons when they make these deep runs into the playoffs. Right. So they got a, got a lot of miles on those, on those tires, if you will. Um, you know, and then, they, yeah, there's only so many opportunities are only going to be so many, you know, so many times left for them to truly compete for, you know, NBA championship. And, uh, you know, because yeah, at, at some point the wheels are going to fall off or, you know, these, these guys, you know, Curry or Thompson or whoever, you know, their production may drop off at some point, you know, mm -hmm. so how long do you keep, you know, keep this core together before you start to realize, man, it, it's, it's time to start yeah. over. It's time to start rebuilding. Um, yeah, talking about their production, their golf production is dropping off too. They've peppered some bad <laughs> shots out there. Yeah. Uh, so we'll see. Yeah. What I, I think, honestly, I think honestly the Warriors, yeah, will try to bring back Draymond. I think if, you know, he's, you know, as, as big of a problem as he can be sometimes, you know, on the court or whatever, I think he's still the glue guy, the guy that, yeah. you know, brings that team together that kind of, you know, builds that energy and, you know, plays off of, you know, his emotions. But ultimately at the end of the day, I think it, yeah, it's much like Marcus Smart or, you know, kind of was for, for the Celtics This you know, Draymond Green's kind of that guy that, yeah, kind of keeps the, keeps the team together. He may not, you know, be the, the flashiest or the guy that, you know, scores all the points or whatever, but right. he does, does, he knows what does he's supposed to do, yeah, yeah. knows what he's supposed to do, knows, knows his role on the team and, you know, does it, does it to, you know, a plus rating, if you will. Um, so yeah, we'll, We'll see. I think, yeah, obviously we'll see what, what the Warriors think that's, think that's worth that to me, that's going to be the interesting part is again, how much is a guy like that worth? You know, it, obviously Draymond's looking to get a contract right. or looking to get, you know, big money, but for a guy that, yeah, isn't, isn't kind of your, I don't know, star player, mm -hmm. how much money is he truly, truly right. worth to you? I'll tell you, watching, watching the match out here, Draymond's actually out there with them, smiling <laughs> and laughing, having a good time. Right, so, right. you know, I'm, I'm pretty sure he wants to stay with, the, right. with that group of guys. If they offer him something fair, he's going to be back. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, so we shall see, you know, yeah, the, obviously Golden State, you know, wasn't able to repeat as NBA champs last season. So they add, you know, a veteran guy and Chris Paul to their roster. So we'll see. You know, that's that's the piece that they need to keep you know, keep their championship momentum and you know possibly win a win another one next year or, um, you know if or if this kind of experiment was you know somewhat of a of a lost cause. Um, but they didn't have. To, I mean, at the end of the day, they didn't have to give up a ton to right. to get you know to get Chris Paul. Um, so I think you know at the end of the day, it's yeah no no love lost. They mm -hmm. still have their you know somewhat core guys and you know Thompson Curry and 
you know, hopefully Draymond by the end of the, you know, been end of the off season. So we shall see, you know, uh, NBA season just, a, just around the corner here. Um, you know, uh, we're going to, going to talk about the next, you know, next wave of rookies and, you know, going to be getting summer league started for them. And, you know, their rookie season is going to be getting kicked off here pretty soon. So, all right. Well, like I mentioned, going to talk a little bit of uh, NBA rookie, rookie news. Um, you know, last week was, was the NBA draft that, you know, came and went two rounds, you know, uh, quick, painless, easy over, you know, done, uh, you know, one day, unlike, you know, kind of the NFL or, you know, the kind of the other major sports where mm. it kind of drags on for multiple, multiple days. NBA's done, done in one night, you know, all the guys that, that, you know, are headed where they're headed, uh, you know, going to try to get, you know, get signed to their teams, get on the roster and, you know, make an impact here in their, in their rookie season. Um, so we're going to quickly just kind of run through and, give our thoughts on who we thought, you know, maybe won, won the draft or, you know, maybe who, you know, struck out here, you know, in the, in the, in the draft. So we will start with our, with our winners or maybe winning team or winning player, you know, whatever it might be. Matt, what what do you think? I'll let you get started here. Yeah. For me, the winning team of this draft has got to be the Houston Rockets. They turned their two first round picks at number four and number 20. And the two guys that were projected to be top five picks, they got the shooting guard, uh, Amen Thompson and then small forward uh, Villanova Cam Whitmore. Yep. Yeah, Cam Whitmore took a heck of a slide yeah, that nobody saw coming. Yeah, so, yeah. you know, to to be able to then take that chance at number 20 to, mm-hmm. to get another guy that right. people thought coming in was going to be a top five guy. Yeah. That's a heck of a draft right mm-hmm. there, getting mm-hmm. two guys like that. And right. you're pairing those with the other many young talents they got in Houston. This is going to make for an exciting young team. It's going to be running up and down the floor. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you, you mentioned, yeah, kind of a, a loser probably is Cam Whitmore that mm-hmm. his draft stock slid as much as it did, but you know, for the Rockets, it, they, they came out as big winners in that right. sense, because yeah, a lot of teams, you know, passed him up. So we shall see what, you know, Who's if right. yeah, if he's able to, you know, prove the doubters, you know, wrong that he should have been, you know, the top five or top 10 pick, um, or if the Houston, you know, Rockets got the steal of the draft, if you will, in that, in that sense, um, you know, and, We'll see what happens because, yeah, that young core in Houston um, and, and some some news coming out of the James Harden camp uh, that, you know, he's going to opt into his contract, his final year, but probably – Sign and trade. Type yeah, going to be a sign and trade type deal where I've, I've heard the Rockets be on his list of teams that he may be interested in, in going to, mm-hmm. which is, again, awfully ironic because that's where, you know, he left, he left and, you know, whatnot. So, yeah, we'll see – if uh, you know veteran guy like James Harden can you know slot into the Rockets and you know kind of help put this young talented Houston Rockets right. team kind of over over the head over the edge, I honestly um, don't see the point in a move like that for right, the Rockets. Right. So they're young, they're dynamic. Right. Why bring a, a a ball needy guard right. in? That right. it, he's a star, but he's not going to change. He's mm-hmm. not going to make you a championship contender. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I, I don't see the point in a move like that. Right. For the Especially Rockets. because you're probably more than likely going to have to trade some of those young guys to bring him in. Right. So it's, it's, yeah, you may be losing more than you gain, mm-hmm. if you will, uh, to, to bring Harden into the, into the Rockets. But anyways, enough about Houston. Uh, you know, my big winner sticking, sticking in Texas, um, and not Spurs, obviously they're probably the biggest winners of the night getting, you know, the, the star of the draft, but, uh, it's gonna be gonna be my team that yeah. I'm you know follow. I got the winners, uh, the Dallas Mavericks, uh, the big winners for the night, and uh, maybe not for all the reasons you might you might think, but you know the Mavericks kind of got their night started off. They they you know held the number ten pick, but then it wind up trading back a couple spots. Uh, but I think they they won in the financial game, if you will, 
Uh, they were able to trade uh, Davis Bertans, uh, his massive contract, to the Oklahoma City Thunder. Uh, Bertans was due about $17 million this year. Traded him away to, you know, to the Thunder, only had to move back two picks and then use that 12th pick. Got the guy they wanted. Yeah, picked the guy, you know, the, the Duke center, Derek Lively II, uh, which I think is maybe a position or, you know, his style of game is kind of what the Mavericks have been missing or, you know, a piece that I think fills in nicely for them. Uh, you know, a guy that, you know, has great kind of pick and roll game, you know, excellent, excellent around the rim. And a guy that, yeah, probably has defensive player of the year potential uh, based on his defensive performance or, you know, how he plays down in the paint or this past season for Duke. Uh, yeah, a great, you know, pickup for them and didn't have to move, you know, didn't didn't move too far back in the draft to get him. Um, you know, and then uh, they made another trade with the Kings uh to get uh Rishon or Rashawn Holmes uh, actually a local guy here uh went to went to Bowling Green University uh from the Sacramento Kings and then the 24th pick which they used then to draft uh Oliver Maxience Prosper a guy out of out of Marquette um who we actually got the pleasure to watch uh here in Columbus in the NCAA tournament for mm -hmm. that Marquette team another guy that's a long rangy kind of uh, you know wing guy that can match up with you know multiple positions from a defensive standpoint. So I think that's been, you know, that was obviously the, the problem for this Mavericks team last year is, you know, the offense was there, but the defense just, you know, wasn't as good as, you know, what we're, what we're used to seeing. They get a couple of big, you know, a big guy and then, you know, a wing that can guard multiple positions to help them defensively. Uh, we'll, we'll see, you know, obviously I don't think the Mavericks are done making trades or, you know, off season, what, what they decide to do. Uh, but you know, on, on draft night, I think they came out, you know, big, big winners here, um, on, on draft night. Well then, yeah, for every, every winner, we got to have a loser, yeah, you know, some losers, uh, Matt, who's your big, your big loser, you know, losing team, losing player. What, what do you think? Well, I, I totally agree with what you said about Cam Whitmore being losing player. You know, you, you have a drop like that as a top five guy and you end up at 20, that, that takes a little, a little it hurts hurt your to the ego. Yeah, 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 for sure. So. Right. I, I agree with that 100%. But as far as a losing team in this case goes, I'm going with my favorite team, the Chicago Bulls. Okay. They came into this draft with, with no picks, and oh, they, wow. they, they traded into the second round. But, I mean, they got Julian Phillips from Tennessee in, in that second round. Mm -hmm. But second rounders really Sometimes. rarely make an impact right. on, on these NBA franchises. Right. And I just I, I don't see that moving the needle. And mm -hmm. and now, now they're working on re-signing the guys they had last year on a team that wasn't terribly good. underachieved and right. wasn't a great team. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. you, you know, I just, I, I don't see Chicago doing the things to get any better. Mm -hmm. And I just, you know, coming in with no draft picks and then, okay, you, you trade in, but you trade into the second round right, to, to right. get a guy that I'm not sure is even going to contribute. Be on the team. Maybe yeah. I may not be on yeah. the team. Yeah. What's, so. what's the point? Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I, I agree with you there. Well, for me, my loser or losers, um, I had a tough time. I really couldn't couldn't really pick a team or, you know, obviously the player, you know, Cam Whitmore somewhat taking a slide there, but I, I really couldn't find a, a, a team that felt like somewhat bombed the bombed the draft. It, to me, it seemed like, uh, you know, a lot of things in the top, you know, at least in the first round kind of went as expected when it when it came to who was going where. Um, so I just got, you know, a couple of losers, maybe college basketball or, you know, just, you know, trajectory of, you know, the current way basketball is. Um, you know, one of them is college basketball in general, and I'm talking the NCAA college mm -hmm. basketball. Only two of the top seven picks played college basketball. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, the, the the top pick obviously came from you know international, 
many of the other ones played in kind of alternative leagues or played right. in the G League for one year before they, you know, made the jump. So, you know, what what's that spell for college basketball? Mm-hmm. You know, that kind of a, a bad trend for them that, you know, yeah, you a lot of the top guys in in this draft were guys that didn't even play a single game in right. in, in the NCAA. So, you know, obviously college basketball got to try to buck that trend or, you know, change that if they want to stay as the competitive way or, you know, the way to the NBA, right. if you will. Uh, I think NIL is going to kind of bring that back the other way because before yeah. these, guys, these guys couldn't make any money. So mm-hmm. they, they were going, you know, going over overseas or playing in the G League so right. they could at least make something. Right, right. Now with NIL, I, I think that may turn the tide a little bit back towards yeah. the NCAA. Yeah, definitely, definitely could. Um, and then my other loser, again, just kind of, you know, basketball in general, that's, you know, kind of your traditional big men, if you will. Um you know, a guy in, in Trace, you know, Trace Jackson Davis, you know, a, somewhat of a star big man from Indiana, was the second to last pick in mm-hmm. this year's draft. Then it, the list, you know, goes on. Kentucky's Oscar Shibwe, yeah. not drafted. Gonzaga's Drew Timmy, not drafted. And then UConn's Adama Sanogo, not drafted. Right. Three, three of the best, you know, big men in college basketball the last, you know, several years didn't even get, you know, they got picked up obviously after the draft, but, you know, didn't, didn't you know, didn't hear their name called, yeah. in, you know, in this year's draft, which, again, just continues kind of more of the, you know, the trend of, you know, the the back to the basket type big men just, yeah, doesn't they're, exist. They're, they're not athletic right. bigs. They're right. just, right. they're, they're they take up space. Take up space right. big. They're Shaq type bigs. Yeah. Um, and it's just, yeah, a trend that continues in the NBA that, yeah, unless you can shoot from three or shoot from the outside, you know, yeah. your, your size, you know, doesn't, doesn't matter much. Um, and it, I think because the other bigs, you know, good bigs in this league now are they're playing on the perimeter. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. you know, those, those bigs that just take up space, they, they don't guard well on the mm-hmm. perimeter. So yeah. you're, you're giving up wide open shots. Right, right. These bigs that can knock them down. Now. Right, right. Yeah. Move their feet and be a little yeah. bit mobile on the defensive end too. Um, you know, is, is, is the trend. Um, but you know, yeah, Shibwe, you know, not getting drafted. He's actually the first, you know, Naismith or, you know, college basketball player of the year winner since 2000 to not get drafted. Mm-hmm. So, you know, not a, obviously not, you know, a good trend to be a part of, or, you know, not, not history you want to want to be a part of, but yeah, I think Did it, say who that was in 2000. Um, I want to say, I think in 2000, it would have been probably maybe Drew, Drew Neitzel from Michigan State, I think was okay. maybe the so winner. So he didn't, he never even made a, right. any way his name. Right. Yeah. And he was a guard. He wasn't even a big man. He right. was, you know, a guard in the, in the league. So I think, uh, you know, yeah, it just a long time since we've had, you know, a, a college player of the year, uh, you know, not, you know, not get drafted mm-hmm. or, you know, whatever. But yeah, I think it's just the trend that continues in today's NBA that, yeah, a, a back to the basket type, you know, type guy that you know, can't, isn't mobile or, you know, can't move or, you know, make a basket outside of two feet, um, you know, just, yeah, not a, a, a high value yeah. in today's, it's today's kind of NBA. Right. Right. So, you know, I think for me, yeah, I don't, don't have a big losing team from, from the draft, just, yeah, a trend in, in you know, basketball that, that a couple of them I, I saw there that, yeah, with, with college basketball and then, you know, the big men taking, taking some hits there uh, based on, you know, this year's draft, you know, picks and whatnot. So, uh, we will see, you know, uh, like I said, you know, summer league, you know, for these rookies getting started here in the next, you know, next couple of weeks out in Las Vegas, um, you know, going to get to see the next, you know, yeah, the next up and coming guys, um, you know, it, it seems like, yeah, you know, the LeBrons, you know, Carmelo's, you know, mm-hmm. are slowly starting to retire. So right. it's, it's, yeah, finally start, you know, start seeing the new, the new wave or the new era of, you know, 
the next greats, if you will. Um, so we'll see who who that might be out of this class, or you know who's who's setting the trend, um, you know going going forward. But uh, yeah, a lot. You know, NBA season will be you know be upon us you know quite quite soon. So. All right. Well, that's all we got for tonight's show. Uh, thanks for listening to Fired Up with your hosts, Colton Cow, Matt Cordes. We uh, hope you enjoyed our episode this week. Um, and if you want to hear other topics for future episodes or, you know, you just got a burning sports question you want to hear us talk about on the show, uh, feel free to reach out to us on our different social medias. We do have an Instagram if you search for Fired Up underscore podcast, or you can find us over on Facebook if you search for Fired Up comma sports podcast. And as always, you can head over to our website at www.firedup1.podbean.com to check out all of our past episodes and, you know, just find out a little bit of information about the about the show. Um, and as always, you can also, you know, find us on pretty much any podcast platform you can think of. Apple, Google, Spotify, Pandora. So all the big players in the, in the podcast game, you can you can find our show. So we appreciate you all listening. And as always, stay, stay fired, fired up. up.